Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome you. Hi. And welcome you all to another CU podcast, the pre-Valentine's Day edition for Tuesday, February 12th, 2019. Mm-hmm. That's Ian Ferguson. I'm Pat Contry. I got to put put that logo back on there. I keep forgetting. Uh, we're talking about Activision, maybe uh, slash Blizzard lay, laying off some people. Some abysmal, abysmal 3DS sales going on. Uh, a, a tax proposed on violent video games. Mm. Uh, get into politics a little bit there. I know we're not supposed to. My ultra-conservative is going to come out there. Our Catholic and, upbringing. And our Catholic upbringing. And your Q&A. Uh, Ian. Yeah. It's a joyous day on the CU Podcast. First off, we're going to be at SoCal Retro Gaming Expo. We sure are. February 23rd and 24th. Is that a week and a half? It's a week and a half yeah, away. it's not this weekend. Holy it's, shit. It's, it's a week from this weekend. Yeah. SoCalRetroGamingExpo.com. Use code CU Podcast. Save 10% off your tickets. Uh, there's going to be a ton of arcade machines. I mean, like, a ton this year. Uh, really up their game, Bobby and Chris and the team for the arcade machines, free consoles. Uh, tournaments are going to be there. The Neo Geo World Tour will be there. They, they just, they're coming on as a as a semi-sponsor or sponsor, I believe. And we're going to have people like uh, James Rolfe is going to be there. James Rolfe. James Rolfe. Uh, you're going to have uh, uh, me and Ian. We're going to have the Game Chasers. Pat Country. Wood from Beat'em Ups. 8-Bit Eric. You're going to have Boogie2988. You're going to have uh, Alex C&D. Uh, you're gonna have uh, Aaron. Aaron plays games there. You're gonna have um, oh man, off the top of my head, I'm, I'm trying to get through them all. I, I I named some some Jesus. You look wild. I look wild right now. It's a lot going on. I'm struggling. Ian. Maybe I should have went to the website and looked it up. That would have been better. Maybe. And more will be appearing. Oh, Norm, the gaming historian, my roommate. And also Metal Jesus Rocks, Drunken Master Paul, and John Riggs. Yay! And Andre Meadows. Woo! So there you go. That's what's going on there. Uh, it's going to be a fun time, very, very fun time to be had by all. Um, the, the reason I'm wild-eyed, Ian, is I just I just launched a Kickstarter. Indeed, you did before before, and uh, that's at ultimatesnes.com or search on Kickstarter for a certain Super Nintendo guidebook that uh, I've been working on with the team for almost two years now. It's been a yeah, a good year and a half at least. It was 2017, the middle where we started working on it. So, yeah, almost a full, uh, almost a full two years. It's it's been going. So check it out if you like Super Nintendo games. Ian doesn't like the console, but you know he likes some of the games. Some of the games. But check it out, and you know, if you like it, check out the cool video. And I got three different covers. And, you know, no pressure. It's available now. That's all. It's put my heart and soul and a lot of money into it. That's all. No pressure. None. That's why I feel weird. Speaking of weirdness, Ian, we've got Valentine's Day coming up in a couple days. Mm-hmm. Traditionally not one of my better holidays. I never told you the the uh, Broadway story 
I went to I took my date to Broadway back like 10, 11, 12 nope. years ago. Yeah, I I'm like, okay, let's do it. Why not? This will help get the the uh, Kickstarter um, pit out of my stomach. Talking like this, uh, so I, I dated this girl for like eh, three, four months when I was about twenty six okay. or so, twenty five, twenty six, kind of coming out of that metrosexual phase, kind of easing out of it. Okay, eyebrows growing back slowly but surely. At that point, this, yeah, I was still living at home. This is before the garden apartments. I moved out of my, I moved out of my, moved out of my my parents' place at twenty six. My my internal goal was twenty five. Hard to get a job back then. Anyway, I met this girl off a website, and she was nice, and she was a little little crazy. A little crazy. I didn't know the extent until we went to see Mama Mia on Broadway. So traditionally, Ian, romance and me didn't, we kind of butted heads, especially around Valentine's Day. Okay. I just traditionally never really was with someone around Valentine's Day or or, or uh, was, was successful with the ladies around Valentine's Day. Just like winter was like the cool-off period for me uh, in general. Um, so we were dating. We started, I think, dating like that November. So, so I, this is my chance to show Pat's a romantic. So I, I went all out. I went all out. I, I bought like the little uh, Valentine's Day teddy bear. Uh, I bought the, all the roses or the bouquet. I don't think I went rose. I might went more more non generic than roses. As you, as you swig uh, the the black tea, which is good. Good uh, tea. Tahave. Um, and then you know. I, she she likes Broadway. She said, "I want to go see Mamma Mia." All I right. bought tickets to see Mamma Fucking Mia. All right, all right. So. Not exactly Pat's forte musicals in general, but Mamma Mia. All right. well, but but, but who doesn't love Dancing Queen? Who doesn't? You did it, you right? Bought them. Yeah. So we, so we, we head out. You know, we we get on the subway. Mm-hmm. Good thing about living in New Jersey, you get you go right into New York City. It's pretty pretty straightforward. Go right into the. New York City. We went to like a a, a a deli there. The waiter hit on me to hold their conversation, but it was fun. We go to see Mamma Mia, and then th- this is like when you when you're when you're with someone for three months, you're not exactly. That's when you kind of start to know this person more. Like this is like that's to me like the line of delineation between three months. It's like okay, now we're gonna get a little more serious. We're gonna f- see where we're at. You may not know entirely everything about the person. We we go to see Mamma Mia. And she's all into she's she's like the other women she's up she's dancing around I'm like okay this is fun all right. who doesn't like ABBA right right that weird you know what are they Finnish Swedish disco supergroup that you know one of those two one of those two I can't remember I, I think they're fit Swedish anyway as Ian looks it up so we go and this is like picture perfect at this point and she's up and then towards the end I see her Swedish Swedish okay we're fifty percent off. The the, the, the the show has to do with like uh, with family and and your relationship with your mother and, and literally discovering who your father is. It's a weird plot. You're like one of the three people my mom had sex with and had me. Like that's the plot of Mamma Mia. So I knew that she had some sort of a strange relationship with her father. She was she only lived with her mom. But we get outside and she she uh, this is going to go in a dark direction. We're, but we're on the streets of New York and she has. A mental break on the streets of New York. I think he actually did tell me about this once. <clears throat> like this isn't to like poke fun of her psychotic episode. This is just to show how why I hate Valentine's Day because everything was perfect up to that point. Pat had this whole day planned, spent all this money I didn't have to spend to make it. This is my one shot at romance on Valentine's Day, and she has a breakdown, an emotional breakdown on the streets of New York. The bus shows up. The ambulance shows up. I got to talk to the cops. 
I don't know what the fuck's going on because I had no idea this was a possibility. And she then revealed stuff after me, after the fact about, you know, medication she was on and things of that nature. And that was just like, like, so whenever I think of Valentine's Day, I'm reminded of that because that was like the most I ever went all in for Valentine's Day. And it was, and that was my, I guess, cosmic reward. This isn't a woe is me. This is just the reality of why I hate Valentine's Day. I was going to say, I feel bad for her. No, I felt terrible. (laughs) But I was also like, what's going on? Sure. Like, what is happening right now? I have, I have 20 people around me wondering, like, do you know what's going on with her? And I'm like, no, I don't have any idea what's going on. As, dressed in my nice, you know, New York. Uh, I, I wasn't dressed in a suit, but I was, dressed, I was dressed nicely that day. Oh, yeah, then I almost died on another Valentine's Day. That's a whole other story. That was like three years ago. I almost was maimed on Valentine's Day. We'll leave that for next time, though. That was a good one. So the whole point is this: love is love is horrible. No, it's not the point. no, love is grand. It's just uh, it, it's with, I I have a very like uh, punch drunk rela- relationship with uh, with uh, Valentine's Day. I'll just say it's the best way to put it: punch drunk. Yeah. Valentine's Day is the birthday of our cat. So that, that's the how the I'm demonic gonna, spike. That's how I'm. That's that's how I. And you, and you always get your day. your buffalo. Uh, yes, I. I as a matter of fact, right before this podcast, I think I reminded started, you by Valentine's Day. <laughs> I, I was going to get one, but I was like, oh shit, I actually got paid. So yes, I uh, I ordered my bocce's pizza. Now that'll be that'll be Spike's birthday dinner. Oh okay. I mean, not for him. I'll make him poop. Well, well yeah, you can't cast throw up. Cast have. Cheese pizza. and milk and things. No. <laughs> no, it's disgusting. Even though our cat Mocha used to used to eat spaghetti, we gave him like a couple of little pieces of spaghetti. He'd eat it like the gravy. Oh yeah, he's an Italian cat. Hey, the gravy Sunday gravy. Um, the NES marathon. I know we keep shifting it, and there's a good, there's good reason for that. People's schedules are hard to line up with things going on, but we are zeroing in on March 9th and 10th. We'll have a more solid confirmation coming by the weekend. Coming up, but I would I would firmly pencil that in 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 indelible ink but not indelible in case you want to erase it so it's delible right you want to do that um yes delible ink delible ink sure so um yeah and we're going to try to stream maybe right after the podcast real quick just to make sure it's okay i'm using obs for the first time i feel like i'm five years behind we were streaming for anyone else yes at least once a year and now we don't know what the fuck we're doing like we don't like that i think it's great yeah we were, we were ahead of our time and now we're behind and i gotta put on the, the i gotta put the logo on there as we, as we roll into our first topic, as as a random uh, snorkeler, in, just just put the put the logo on. I'll talk about. Uh, the, I I read a lot lately. Uh, last night, lately, last night I got into um, uh, a groove, and I was reading about how peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are so popular in the NBA. Really? Did you know that? No. Apparently, there's a whole culture of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in the NBA. They in the past ten years, like making their own or or, get, or finding them somewhere, like, like and like so starting in like two thousand and seven or two thousand and eight. Okay, this is where it starts. Someone on the Celtic, uh, the Celtics, um, was hungry and they don't remember who, but they said, "Man, I could go for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich." And Kevin Garnett said, "Let's get on that." And apparently, the Cel- uh, the Celtics had peanut butter and jelly sandwiches before every game that 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 year that was uh is that when they won the yeah title 2008 i yeah. think it was yeah exactly like 2007 2008 so now apparently uh 10 years later 
it's 11 years later uh it is now spread to all locker rooms it's spread like a fine jelly yes it has spread to all locker rooms and um it's it's like it's a it's a it's a ritual was this like a a long read article it's a very long read article Okay. Very, very long read article. It talks about how different teams do different things for peanut butter and jelly. How they talk to nutritionists and they're like, you know, it's not the greatest snack, but no, their it's athletes. Not. I mean, it's protein based, but there's there's a lot of sugar in the jelly and a lot of carbs. But they're like, hey, they're athletes. They you know They'll they burn watch, it. They watch what they eat, and yeah. the, the thing is, is it's comforting. Yes. It puts them in a happy space before they go and play. Who doesn't like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? No, everyone does. Is it so food? I uh, I can't remember which team it was, but um. One of them does like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich buffet where they have like... Wait a second. Different types of peanut butters? They do. Smooth, uh, chunky, organic? So they did uh, grape. Uh, It was was grape. A grape and strawberry. And then uh, for butters, you had your choice of smooth, crunchy, and Nutella. I think. Well, uh, how about fluff? Remember fluff? Yeah, yeah. I think think they'd they'd avoid the fluff. That that, that would kill them if they ate the fluff. Even them. Yeah, it's a. I'm, no, all about, it's, I'm all about preserves, by the way. Good old preserves. It's a. It's a fantastic uh, thing to read about if you're, curi- if you're no, curious. No, you know I'm on intermittent fasting. You know I'm starving now. Yeah, I want to. Well, flexpromeals.com. Use code CU podcast. Between last night and this morning, I've wanted nothing but peanut butter. I have And now I think about it, I haven't had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich in in years because I don't buy bread anymore. I only have them every once in a while, but every time I do, I'm like, this is a, this is good. This is tasty. It's not the worst thing to eat, but it's not good. So on the Golden State Warriors, there was a. Um, one of the health and nutrition folks uh, banned peanut butter and what? jelly. They took they took peanut butter and jelly away, uh, along with all, all all the other like sugar and bad stuff, which is fine. But the, the team was like, "No, that's fine." But can we get the peanut butter and jelly back? <laughs> and they were like, "No, no, you can't." They're grown men. What do you mean they can't ban a so, food item? Uh, so Steph, Cur- I'm, I'm like the planes and stuff. On oh, so, the planes. So Steph Curry stepped in, and actually, I think it was like the new owner or the new coach of the Warriors. Uh, Kerr? Yeah, he's been there for four yeah. years now. Yeah, exactly. Kerr um, got uh, got the peanut butter and jelly back back in. It was only like gone for like six months. Ooh, they but it was, gonna, it was get guts on the basketball court. It, it was known as the. It, it actually has a, a term that you could search, and it's the Great Peanut Butter and Jelly Wars of 2015. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and they won the title the first time in 2015. <laughs> so it's Curry's first MVP season. It's a it's a real it's a real thing. Um, and and I can't remember one last one. One team, uh, they do theirs up like on toast and whatnot when they're at home. They make them real fancy, organic nut butters and stuff like that. I love organic peanut butters, by the way. And for or, the or uh, all natural, I mean. And for the opposing team, they get Smucker's Uncrustables. So the Smucker's Uncrustables are, are the, the, the the specific peanut butter and jelly breads you can get, right? Uh, it, it, you put them in the freezer. Okay. You put them in the freezer. They're, they're like pitas kind of, right? Yeah, and you, you pull them out in your thumb, and they're not healthy. So, oh, like, no, pitas are terrible for you. They're, they're, but they're even less healthy than normal peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, so I can't remember which team it is. That's what oh, they, the pre-made ones. Yeah, the pre-made oh, ones. Oh, yeah. So that's what they allow. That's what they... So while they have nice peanut butter and jelly at their home games, the... Um, the opposing get the shit? The opposing team is, is left get, with, well, with all, Uncrustables. Or, or the chemicals and preservatives yeah. and all that, so they, so they just start to atrophy on the court. Uh, Kevin Garnett likes strawberry. I, 
I like uh, I like them all. I, I like the orange marmalade. I like uh, preserves. I like raspberry even every once in a while. Strawberry. I like, yeah, I, it's, not a, it's not a preserve I don't like or, or jam. Porzingis had never had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich until he came to the NBA. It was from Latvia. I know. Have, they don't but, have stuff there. So, so he's amazed by so it. So he's, 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 he's a big peanut butter well, and jelly Knicks, sandwich. Knicks man. don't have many more. They, they tr- I saw the best. Uh, this would be an NBA podcast. Fuck the Knicks. Who do you root for in Buffalo? Toronto? Uh, I, root, I, I root for Toronto and uh, Detroit. Anyway, um, so Detroit's the, my team. So the, the funniest thing was uh, Nick's jersey uh, in the back said cap space. It was just the funniest thing because if you follow sports, the Knicks basically mm-hmm. got rid of Porzingis, who was the a uni- the unicorn they called them, and they trade away for cap space because this year they're going to sign one or two huge free agents to transform the team. So they basically that's what they did. That was the Knicks' strategy. So right now the team sucks, but they're going to have a good draft pick and they're going to sign. Supposedly Kevin Durant is going to come there. So the team will be watchable again for the first time in like 15 years. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Since the Patrick Ewing days. Patrick Ewing and Marv Allard doing the game. So uh, anything else going on? You want let's, let's do, I'll do a, a Kickstarter update before we start because now I'll be thinking about this the whole time. Are you happy for the Kickstarter starting, Ian? Are, What's you, ha- that? are you happy when, when, I, when I accomplish something? Yes. <laughs> he says that like $3,300 so far of the $15,000 goal. Well, there you go. That's We're off to a start. Yep, you're fine. We're off to a start. Okay. Uh, Ian, Pat, Activision, uh, Blizzard, employees. Uh, layoffs. Unfortunately, we're looking at layoffs. Uh, so, and that's supposed to be going down today. Could be any day now. Could be while we record this podcast. Yeah. Uh, it's, Which records weekly, by the way. Yes, we record weekly now. So, right, uh, Activision, Blizzard, they're preparing for layoffs. Uh, it says that it, layoffs. May, it may go down as soon as today on Tuesday. Layoffs? Um, there's no official news. Playoffs? There's no official news yet. Um, they think that a lot of the jobs lost will be in non-game development uh, focused areas. Marketing. Uh, marketing and PR. esports was one that they said. Um, this is... Uh, this is obviously a huge bummer and um, comes kind of at the tail end of what was not a particularly great year for uh, Activision and Blizzard in general um, in terms of uh, certain things, both um, what's the word I'm looking for <sighs> in terms of like uh, their optics, how they look to the public sure. and internally they, um, they killed Heroes of the Storm uh, well, Blizzard killed Heroes of the Storm and yeah. then uh, there's uh Oh, I something about a Diablo game. I don't know what to talk about. And then, about. Uh, and then Activision, uh, Blizzard, they lost Bungie. That's right. They lost Bungie. How about that? Um, Bungie uh, left. Uh, they were able to negotiate uh, themselves away from Activision and keep the Destiny uh, so, name. So whole, another revenue stream just gone. Right. Yearly revenue stream was just eliminated. Um, and yeah. And they haven't had Blizzard hasn't had a new game in a few years now. Yeah, the last one was Overwatch. I always Which, forget how how Blizzard is generally known for quality, which allows Blizzard to go quite some time in between releasing games. But, but Activision has stuff. But Activision to help them to float right. them. So what does Activision have in the works right now? Let's see. Coming out. Activision has all of its Call of Duty stuff. Sure, that's which, what I mean. Is that's the a big round. that's a big money maker. Well, let me see what else they have coming out. Uh, besides that, so so basically, what it comes down to is that uh, g- g- game publishing isn't 
a predictable sort of revenue stream. I think, and that's why you have these companies going more and more to DLC and, and to microtransactions, because at least with that, it's it's constant influx that's steady, right? Right. So if they haven't had a huge hit in a while, they're going to have to, I mean, this is, these are publicly traded companies, and that's where this conversation might lead into. Publicly traded companies, you have a lot more pressure to so, show revenue and revenue growth than if you're not. Um, so if, if there's something, if you have a, an off-kilter year, People usually get laid off. That's how it works, unfortunately, with with a lot of these companies. Um, and and the non sort of development divisions make sense because if you don't have a game to to publicize that's new, the marketing people are going to go first, and the PR people are going to go first. It, it makes sense. It's just unfortunate that's how these businesses probably work. And then you you hire people back if you're going to ramp up for a new game release. But if they don't have a new game in development, what the fuck's going on? Uh, you know that's so so in this article by Jason Schreier, he's talking about. There, there might be a concern over Activision having an influence on the company to make more financially driven decisions. I have no idea. That, that's, a, that's, that's what goes on at board meetings. I have no Basically, clue. Basically, you know, uh, a, uh, looking to make them, I don't know, what's the word? More commercial, I suppose. More commercial? I don't know what that would mean for a company that... Oh, like Blizzard to put more out, I guess. Oh, to, oh, to pump out more yeah, regularly. pump out more sure. instead of, yeah, I suppose, instead of taking your time, treat it more like a mill. Uh, I'm surprised it says that if, if the esports uh, departments are going to potentially get uh, downsized a bit. Maybe that's not. I guess that's not panning out the way they they figured it would. Well, that's only, only you can guess. I mean, I or remember, the, or the, at least the investment isn't. That's why Heroes of the Storm they invested some money into the tournaments, and I guess they didn't, they didn't see a payoff. Yeah, coming. I, I mean, we talked about that on the podcast years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, I'm <clears> three, four years ago. Um, you know, they talked about how they were. Uh, you know, focusing on, a, I believe it was an esports division. Sure. And, um, you know, really nothing has come of that. It's it's weird, I don't know, to see esports like ramp up and hit like a, it, it plateaued. It plateaued pretty freaking quickly. It plateaued. So, I, I, like, we're talk, I was talking about, we were talking about the two years ago. Oh my God, it's on ESPN now. And yeah, and it hasn't, I haven't seen it bump up at all. Well, yeah, just... you go from two, three years ago, it was on ESPN to that specific game that was on ESPN is now no longer supported. So it hasn't caught on with the, the casual dirty people, I guess. You know, the way they, they thought it would. The casual dirty people? The casual, the, 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 the dirty... dirty casuals. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I'm trying to be cool and hip. <laughs> so... so it looks like, according to this article, uh, the the last uh, uh, Destiny DLC didn't do great. Uh, as much it didn't hit their expectations. Well, it did well, it, but, but, but guess, Activision's expectations they're, were they're just, just through the roof. Okay, so this is a bummer, and I, I don't know. It, Activision seemed once so definitely criticized, but unassailable in terms of their market position, and you know this is how things change with just a few decisions. Okay, and then um, from uh, Jason decided, and Jason Schreier, who, who's covering this. Decide. This leads to another conversation, but he posted a picture of the the compensation paid to the executive officers for 2017 from the SEC filing. So any publicly traded company uh, has to disclose what the the board makes, right? To the to, to the stockholders. The stockholders are the they answer to the stockholders. So he posted the image of the salaries and the award options, the stock options. Um, and all I'm going to say is this: to me, if you're trying to make a larger point that well, these people are making a lot of money, that's how that's how it works to recruit these people. I mean, that's just how it works in business. If they're not, if, so you can say that, well, people's uh, jobs can be saved by this. Unfortunately, that's just not how this usually works. Some companies, some companies, they will say, yeah, we're going to pick it. Uh, the executives will take a pay cut this year because the company's not doing well. 
that's not the norm. It can happen. And I don't know how that works in terms of company to company, if that's in bylaws or if that's individual choice when, when that happens, you know, uh, it would be nice if people did that, but if you're going to be honest, that wouldn't save a huge amount of jobs versus how many are going to be cut. You know, when these cuts happen, their entire, you know, divisions get wiped out sometimes. So anything else to add? No. No, I'm just looking at Bobby Kotick here who made $28.6 million. Uh, On the top? I, f- I feel like... Oh, uh, with the options. The stock awards, non-equity incentive plan compensation. Yeah. Uh, it's Yeah, it's usually the stock you, you sign up for here. Yeah, stock awards. Oh, you get. Uh, the salaries usually aren't what get people here. They want you to be... They want you to stay with the company so they give you the stock options. Right. And usually they're, they're divested usually over years and years. Um, you don't get them all up front. You got to stay at the company like any an employee. But who who knows? Yeah, there's a lot of money. The salaries, look at the salaries. Like yeah, it's not, the salaries are reasonable, but stock options. Yeah, the stock options are usually through the roof because they're also cheaper to give people stock options versus straight cash. You know. Uh, anyway, okay. Um, so we we, we haven't brought up the 3ds that much the past couple of years because. Well, uh, my original prediction about the 3DS is it would be done by 2018. That that, it would just be gone because of the Switch and the Switch sort of acting like a portable. Plus, the 3DS has been out forever at this point. It's been out for like... 2010? I think it was 10. We looked it up. But we're talking about eight years for for Nintendo handheld. That's a a typical, but that's a good run uh, for a handheld. And we haven't had any announcement on the horizon for any sort of... February 26, 2011. 2011. So, okay. So, eight years. All right? Yeah. Now in second grade, third grade. That's a that's a pretty good uh, good cycle for a handheld. And we haven't heard anything about a new handheld being developed. The only thing we've heard about is maybe there's a mini switch that's going to come out later in the year. And so, when you put these things together, you it would make sense that, you know, that the 3DS would slowly die out, even though the past couple of years, the sales didn't dip, uh, you know, horrifically. The 3DS sales were still pretty decent before the Switch came out. It was mm-hmm. kind of keeping Nintendo floating between the disastrous Wii U and, and the Wii. Uh, excuse me, and the Switch. Yeah, between the Wii and the Switch, the Wii U disaster period that Nintendo has already forgotten existed. Those, you know, three years, three and a half year period. No, that didn't happen. 2012 to 2016. That, that, don't forget it. Forget it. That didn't happen. So... Uh, one of the the last big releases on the 3DS was Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story. Okay, different one. Mario and Luigi's Bowser's Inside Story and Bowser Junior's Journey. That it's it's the important. Combo. Yeah, it's important to differentiate because Inside Story was a DS game that did well. Yeah, this was a repackaging. Yeah, this is a repackaging yes. with bonus content. Okay, so according to the sales of this game, um. In Japan, it did just over 20,000 sales. Yeah. For a Mario first-party release game. Right. That That is abysmal. Yeah, that's that's wild. Like, that, you can't imagine that happening. And this isn't, like, this isn't a game like, like Nintendo ignored. Like, this was in, a this was in like, you know, the, the Nintendo Directs. You know, this wasn't something that, like, oh, we're just putting out this game, you didn't hear about it. So, when you, when you hear that, um... That if that's not the death knell for the 3ds, that's definitely an indication that we're not. We, there's no reason to support this console much longer. So there's, it, it's absolutely time to start looking to move on. But I, I think a lot of it has to do with perhaps just interest in the game wasn't high. Um, Mario is Mario, sure, but it's a 
re-release of a game that was good, but not like particularly fond over. Oh, sure, I get that. And I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, it's an RPG Mario title, so it's fairly niche. I mean, I, I look here at, um, I just looked it up because I wanted to see one of the last 3DS games coming out here uh, is Etrian Odyssey Nexus, which came out last week. So I want, and that's a popular series in Japan. So I wanted to see what it sold. How it um, did in when it when it came out, and that only came out August eighth, twenty eighteen, the Japanese version. It was called Etrian Odyssey X, Let's and it look looks it like it launched at seventy one thousand nine hundred forty six copies. So that's respectable. Yeah. So yes, obviously the three DS is, you know, it's been on its way out. I actually kind of admire how long Nintendo's kept it around, but uh, I, I, I don't. I, I think a lot of this has to do with the game itself, as well. Well. Let's look at some of the other from the chart there. There's there's also, you have a few other 3DS games. Mario vs. Donkey Kong Tipping Stars, uh, 34,000 to date. Those are all old games, though. Uh, so people are still picking up here and there, it looks like. Yeah. Mario and Donkey Kong Minis on the Move, 8,800 to date. Uh, Mario Tennis Open, happy price selection, 3,700. What's yeah. the happy price selection? <laughs> That's just a discount, I guess? Yeah, it's just like a greatest hits. Um, so at this point... You know, the, I mean, the, I thought the writing has been, been the wall for a while, but when you look at if you if you go to the what is it game uh, the game data library and you look at the the sales, you can search on 3ds and you you look at um, you can look at release date. Oh, these aren't uh, these aren't ones that are being picked up. This these are overall sales just in terms of like lowest selling Mario games. Oh, that's what they picked for that, that article. That's, that's that's what this image is. This that's not a that's not a. Yeah, so like Paper Mario Color Splash told a, sold a, a total of sixty five thousand three sixteen, and then yeah, so like the three DS Mario and Luigi Bowser's Inside Story and Bowser Junior's Journey that's a horrible name, um, <laughs> is has sold less copies to date than Dance Dance Revolution Mario Mix on the GameCube. Wow, that sold almost sixty thousand. So just to put it in perspective, it looks like like the the heavy hitters in the three DS like Pokemon, uh, Pokemon Ultra Moon did like two and a half million. And that came out in 2017. And then something like a Phoenix Wright does... Where's Phoenix Wright? I just saw it. Uh, Phoenix. Uh, Phoenix Wright, the one that came out in 2017. Is that the last one? It must have been. What was it called? Uh, uh, all versions. Uh, Nara, Great Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney 2. Did 130,000. So that's pretty much, your, your, I guess, your ballpark of, of games for Fire Emblem Shadows of... Valentina did two hundred and fifteen thousand, and that came out in two thousand seventeen. And that's a part of that's 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 part of a game, if I recall correctly. I'm pretty sure that one also has multiple parts, like a Pokemon game, like you can buy one or the other. Okay, I know that there was one Fire Emblem game that was like that. I'm not sure if that's it. Monster what? Hunter Double uh, X uh, did one point eight million. <laughs> you could have told me one point eight billion, and I wouldn't have been surprised. Anyways, so long story short, movie by the way. <laughs> yeah, I don't. It does not look good. Um, long story short, obviously the sales for 3DS games have they've been dropping. Have been dropping heavily. Yeah, but I think to I, I think like like I said already, a, a good chunk of the reason why this one isn't moving is simply because it's a very weird release. Don't so you're saying, any, I don't know that anyone so was clamoring for so it. So you're saying no matter what, even if this came out three years ago, it, it wouldn't have done that much. The stronger. numbers would have been better. It would have been better, but not. But I feel this like I feel like um, you know, comparatively, the, the it would have been similar to other things released at the time. I feel like the the difference between sales and say something like this and Etrian Odyssey X would probably have still been the same. 
Okay. Um, so at this point, I guess we have a Nintendo Direct coming up, and I guess that'll be it if we see like, the last remaining. Uh, I think what's what's the big 3DS game remaining? There's one big one left. Uh, Nintendo, out. I believe, still has to put out the remake of Luigi's Mansion. Okay. And I know that Atlas, I think, has a few more 3DS games coming out this year. Well, this should be it, though. This year, like this, should yeah, I mean, pretty much be it. Everyone keeps saying that. We'll see. Uh, the, I don't know that we're going to roar into 2020 with a with a well, strong. Well, this article, lineup. I just found this article from Twinfinite.net. I love that name. Mm-hmm. This is from last year, though. It says Nintendo developing more 3DS games for 2019 and beyond. That's an article from a year ago. So I don't know if that's something they said that just to make sure. They, I mean, they said that for the Wii U. So yeah, we're not abandoning the Wii U. They were abandoning the Wii U. Well, they said it about the SP and the DS. Oh yeah, we're going to say it every time. Because you these have are, to. These that's... are concurrent systems. No, yes. I mean, they're not. No, they're but... not. Okay. The, the Wii U, they kicked. They once the Switch came out, the Wii U, they didn't mention the Wii U at that point. I don't going think they forward. were mentioning it before it. The only thing, they, they did that like introspective. Remember about like, all the well, the big things each system brought. Yeah. What did they do when they came to the Wii U? I don't remember what they did. Disappointment. It had a it, it had a second screen. It was a prototype for the Switch. We fucked up. I mean, it was it was the the error they needed to make the Switch. That's pretty much it. Okay, anything else to add here? So, so you're arguing that this game would have been sold well regardless, but it would have sold more, sure. But I don't think its numbers would have been amazing. Sure, but twenty thousand is still bad. Oh yeah, no, that's, that's rough. That's like an indie game that gets on Steam popularity for like a day. You get twenty thousand on that. Yeah. Um, all right, Ian. You know I love Guitar Hero. Yeah, that's your favorite. I, I love I love Rock Band. I love hearing my, my hotel room at three in the morning. I love it. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. So. Um, the genre of, I guess, play-along music games? Is that the genre called? Play, play-along. Because it's not your, karaoke. What's your favorite genre? Play-along. The play-along. Well, there is karaoke aspects to it. Not all of them, though. Guitar Hero has it's a guitar. True. Some have... Uh, rock Band has more singing. Anyway, so Guitar Hero Live came out. Uh, 2015? 2015. So I guess that was the last major, last hurrah for... The genre of the play along, and that was its that was its comeback tour. As oh, well. that was a comeback tour. Yeah, after, that, after that Beatles pack in, they tried to come back that, more after that. That was its comeback tour, and uh, yeah, it didn't work. Um, my friend, my friend got it for his uh, girlfriend, and uh, just telling me about how the service worked. Was, they had a streaming service. It was a streaming service. So this yeah. is like I, this. I didn't know this was a thing. Yeah. So basically, there was like I think forty songs on disc, and then how it worked was. It was like a jukebox, and okay. you could play like certain songs for free. They were on the jukebox. Oh, this sounds horrible. Okay, or you, um, you could like buy, like I believe, like currency or credits to play whatever songs. You so DLC to. for other songs. So according to this article, they yeah, had but four- instead of like doing the DLC packs like they did previously, it was individual. It's, it's literally streaming. It so, was, so how so many you, games when you originally bought Rock Band like on a disc? It would have how many songs? Like, like thirty, forty. The original songs? Rock Band probably like yeah, twenty to thirty-five. Okay, yeah. And they, they went for we're gonna down we're gonna release these packs of songs, maybe based on artists like expansions. Yes. Sure. So, but with yeah, with this it was it had songs on there, but as far as I can recall, the DLC was structured in a way where it was like putting money into a jukebox. I don't think you could ever actually own. Oh my god! Any of the songs? Oh my god! That's what I'm getting at. So, ba- I, 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 and they'll correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like there would be songs at any given time that were free to play on the jukebox, and they would rotate 
Or it was something like you could, you know, I, I think you could pay to play like a certain song. So say say each song was like I would I'll say like a quarter. I would hope I like know. a like a jukebox yeah. back in the fifties or the little the little ones at the diners. You can't keep them. I don't believe so. There might have been a oh way to. Uh, no, I don't think there is because that's that's the that's the, the whole point of streaming the, it. Well, and that's the the crux of this article and why Activision is doing these Guitar Hero Live refunds. So basically, if you bought Guitar Hero Live between um, January first, twenty nineteen, so this past month, going back to December first, December first, twenty seventeen. So basically, a two year period. Uh, about um, you can get a refund because why Ian. Because they took down the streaming service, or they they killed the streaming service at the end of uh, 2018, or maybe even in the middle of 2018. So the song library was 484 songs. That's gone. Now you're left to the 42 original tracks on the disc you bought. There it is. Yeah. So uh, the streaming aspect of it is makes it uniquely weird because no one ever owned that stuff. So once that's gone... It's gone. It's gone. There's no like DLC packs or anything to get. It's just you have what's on the disc. You had what's on the disc and the streaming service, and now that the streaming service is gone, oh. that's that's it. So this is surmi- this the surmising surmization. People are surmising that this is happening because of a, of a, uh, a a lawsuit that was originally filed. Yes. So um, refund page surface according to this engaged article based on Polygon. Refund page surfaced a couple weeks after a plane voluntarily dismissed a lawsuit accusing Activision of false advertising. Robert Fischel uh, bought uh, GHL Guitar Hero Live two years after its 2015 debut, only to find out that Activision was wiping out his ability to use the vast majority of the game's songs. So it's not official, but the refund page is intended to avoid future lawsuits from Fischel, who's allowed to sue again and other customers. So they must have come to an agreement like, yeah, we're going to give you your money back because it's was false advertising. Right. So if you're advertising in the store or on, a, you know, oh, buy this. We have a huge library. You go online and, oh my God, there's no songs. We're having all these songs. Yeah. That was kind of the, that that's the big mistake. Had they not advertised those songs. I mean, 42 songs. I mean, I, I've never really played Guitar Hero games, but I know that like 42 songs, if this was like a release during the PS2 or PS3 or 360 era when that they been were a, doing these. Good enough, right? That would have been fine yeah. for a base game. It's just not what they were offering. Sure. It, it, they they sold Guitar Hero Live uh on this streaming. This service. was this was the, the, the prominent advertising. Right, function. exactly. And and even you can even say like, oh you know, it's subject to change, but subject to change is a lot different than these are wiped out. It's gone. It's just they're all gone. It's not like we changed out some songs, we lost license. You can't access them. Yeah, you have one tenth of the music library now. I want to find out how much if this is true that you had to pay pay like a jukebox per that that sounds now, crazy. It was just being it was being relayed to me by the person who who had received it for Christmas the year it came out, and they were describing it to me. Um, but yeah, it was it was along those lines. The catch was the songs would only be available for as long as Activision supported it, and the bell told for that in December. Then that's when the lawsuit happened. The lawsuit happened uh, in this December. The motion was filed January twenty second okay. for dismissals. This is all happening recently. I'm surprised it wasn't a class action. Then again, who the hell is still playing this? I guess at this point, which is probably why they said we're going to do away with it. They probably figured no one's using the service, yeah, or a lot no, less people. I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming almost no one is. It's funny because when people call up and ask for Guitar Hero and Rock Band stuff, it's always the PS3 and 360 or PS2 or even the Wii stuff. I get a call maybe once. I was getting a call maybe once every three, four months. Someone being like, "Hey, do you have that? Uh, 
that Guitar Hero that just came out on the PS4, and I'm like, oh, that's been out for a while. And I'm like, oh, I just heard about it. You know, I mean, like, that was another thing with this so, game. I don't think anyone really even knew that it was out. There's still a market, but, I mean, honestly, at this point, there's been so many songs released over iterations going back, like, what, 10, 12 years at this point or more. You can probably get your fix in multiple ways. With the, How many times are you going to rebuy the same plastic guitar? Right. You know I, mean? <laughs> I hope they were compatible between generations. You still got them all in the in the big t- t- Tupperware bin. Oh, they go free? fast, and we, 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 still, we still give them away for free. But they go very quickly. They're, they're playing. They're, which, which version? Do you think they're playing 360 version? Uh, PS3. It, it's PS3, 360, or Wii. You think so? Yeah, those are the three that people look for. And honestly, they'll people who really want to play it will kind of just take whatever is there. I've had people buy systems based on the fact that we had free controllers there twice. I had people looking for Guitar Hero stuff, um, and we had it for the Wii. We had two we had two guitars for the Wii, and that wasn't the system they were trying to find it on. But they just bought the Wii for like fifty bucks to go with it because hey, it was cheaper than hunting, cheaper and easier oh. than hunting down, you know, uh, the stuff. That so they another needed. another fun time for Activision going on. Oh yes. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh. It as well as Rock Band 4 momentarily, momentarily resuscitated a music gaming genre that had gone into hibernation following 2010 uh, Guitar Hero Warriors of Rock. Hibernation is a is a light term for it. Yeah. It, had, it had this period of time where it was desolate. It was a barren wasteland. Felt bad. I had a guy call um, last week and ask... Uh, you know, if we took games, and I said, "Yeah," I said, "You know," I gave him the usual spiel. We, you know, we don't pay cash for PS2 or original Xbox right now, et cetera, et cetera. I said everything else. You know, for the most part, everything else is stuff that we can take a look at. Um, you know, so if you have any questions, let me know. And he's like, "No, no, I'll be in." You know, later. And he came in, and it was like boxed, complete DJ Hero One and DJ Hero Two. Oh yeah, DJ Hero. Like I got and my like, copy at the swap meet, and I was just like, "Oh no," I, I, you know. People usually ask about whether... I think people know that no one really wants this stuff. So usually they will ask me specifically about it when they call. This guy went through like the spiel and gave him all the, the rundown, but he never asked about it. And unfortunately, that was all the stuff he had brought to sell were these complete like rock band, DJ hero, guitar hero sets. Sure. And I, he's like, nothing, not not anything. I'm like, man, I give them away for free. So he took them. Which is fine. He wasn't mad. They were in nice shape. He can probably get money out of them somewhere. But yeah, they take up a lot of space. Oh man. Well, all right. This is my best. This is my favorite part of the article. He argued that he bought the game two years after its launch for the discounted price of twenty two dollars forty three cents, reasonably expecting that Activision would not subsequently eliminate his ability to use the vast majority of songs. Well, you bought it at a really cheap discount for a reason. Uh, Mr. <laughs> official, because yeah. no one wanted it. But this, if this happens, this could happen in the future with with games that are discounted. You know, they're a few years later, and, and they're tied to some online service that is not supported anymore. Yeah, that's just the reality of, of technology now. Yeah, I think it's all just a. I think the bigger problem here was in the way that Activision sold it and advertised it. I hear you. I hear you. Ian, did you know that postage rates have gone up again? I did. It's. Wild. Thankfully, Stamps.com can ease the pain with big discounts off post office retail rates. With Stamps.com, you save five cents off every first class stamp and up to forty percent off priority mail. Whoa. That, that, that adds up. That's, that's 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 not chump change, Ian. Sure does. Um, 
and stamps.com is completely online, which saves you time. I've been using stamps.com, Ian, for, for years and years. I'm talking about I'm mailing out DVDs and wristbands, and I, I, I mailed out Sega CD consoles via priority mail. I've done it all with stamps.com. It, they automatically calculate and print the exact amount of postage you need for every letter or package. You never have to overpay or underpay ever again. You get all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right at your fingertips. Uh, buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail. They'll even uh, send you a free digital scale Woo. when you sign up. All right. And it, can, and it saves you money, like we said. And it saves you time. Mm-hmm. You can even schedule your post, uh, your post carrier, your local post carrier to pick up your mail. All right. So right now, you get a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. Right? You go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top, and you type in CU Podcast, and you get that cool deal. Digital scales is nice. I got, my, I got mine from stamps.com years ago. Digital scales is, is, is key. See for yourself why over 700,000 small business use, uh, businesses use Stamps.com. I guess I'm a small business. Mm-hmm. Ian's uh, Ian, uh, a little bit of games, two locations, a small business. Small business. They can use Stamps.com. Again, go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, type in CU Podcast, and get your four-week trial with the free postage and your digital scale. Proud to be partnering with Flex Pro Meals. They're a meal delivery service. They bring healthy pre-made meals right to your doorstep, Ian. Yep, and we're not talking about small portions or... You want to get buff? Like you get some protein in you? We're talking 50, 60 grams of protein. Steak meals. We're talking lots of meat. Quavos rancheros. Whoa, okay. <laughs> got some beer brat chili. You keep bringing that up. I got to try that it's a one. a good one. I'm stuck on that one. Just bring it over. I, I, don't, I, I keep missing it on the list. Yeah, I'll bring it over. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring, one bring, over. over the, bring it over in a, in a little pot. <laughs> we, can, we can heat it up on the stove. Uh, right now, you can get 20% off your first order. At flexpromeals.com, when you use code CU Podcast, and you can pick uh, every week, every other week. You can uh, pick the number of meals. You can do seven meals uh, a week. You can do 14. You can do 21. They have little protein peanut butter treats that are delicious. I had one last night, well. actually. I'm intermittent fasting. I'm getting hungry right now. Uh, yeah, check it out. Uh, they're, 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 they're cool folks, very accessible. Again, flexpromeals.com. Use code CU Podcast to save 20% off. Yeah. My voice went, went really weird at the end. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania okay. doing real progressive things. Yes. Uh, here in Pennsylvania, this is progress, pa- is progress is the norm. My, Pat's ultra-conservatism might come out in this, in this segment. This is from Variety, Ian. PA lawmakers, Pennsylvania, where my family now have decided to move to from New Jersey for tax reasons, probably. And it's cheaper to live. Uh, introduced a bill to tax... Certain video games sold in the state. Guess what type of video games? You know, Guitar Hero, Rock Band, music games, games. music games that support your artists. The, the play it, play it live genre or yeah, play it loud, play along, play along genre. No, no, Ian, violent video games. Violent video games. They're going to decide they want to have a tax on. Pennsylvania legislators introduce House Bill. This is in the state house, not federal. House Bill number 109 aims to impose a sin tax. 10% tax on adult and mature related video games sold at retail. In in addition to any applicable state and local taxes. Money collected will go into a newly created digital protection for school safety account. Wink. Mm -hmm. And be used to enhance safety measures in Pennsylvania school districts. Well, it sounds like there's some real specifics. Representative Christopher B. Quinn, Republican, 
first introduced a version of the bill in October 2018. Christopher should be quitting. But, but it died in committee. <clears throat> Representative Quinn said over the past few years, acts of violence in schools seem to be occurring more frequently and with more in- intensity. From Colorado to Connecticut to most recently in Parkland, Florida, students have experienced unthinkable actions by peers in a place that should promote learning and enrichment, safety, and protection. Maybe introduce some fucking gun control laws, what, asshole. One factor that may be contributing to the rise in intensity of may, I don't know, school violence is the material kids see and act out in video games may let's just may may so let's get crazy on it because it may be a thing but let's not let's not let's not have a conversation about guns he pointed to the study we actually had a had a good discussion about uh the the national center for health research that studies have shown that playing video games games can increase aggressive thoughts behaviors and feelings in both the short and long term however what we said has nothing to do with sort of violent behavior being acted upon that's always like we have there's no evidence to support that right um but said violent video games can also desensitize people to seeing aggressive behavior and decrease pro-social behaviors such as helping another person and feeling empathy the longer the individuals are exposed to violent video games the more likely they are to have aggressive behaviors thoughts and feelings and in this article variety conveniently leaves out another section in the same article that makes a distinction between aggression and violence Notes that there's no clear evidence to support the assumption that increased aggression results in more acts of lethal violence or criminal behavior, which is always what the argument comes back to. So, it's horseshit. Yeah. This is something to uh, deflect from the real issue to say, well, it's a kid's video games. And this is going back, this goes back, obviously. It's to, the to, heavy to, metal music, it's the video it's games, it's the Dungeons and Dragons. Dragons. This goes back to literally the, the, the creation of the ERSRB in the, in the 90s when they had the Senate committees and House hearings on violence in video games and Night Trap and Doom and Mortal Kombat were, 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 and Lethal Enforcers even were the fucking Joe Lieberman holding up a blue fucking Lethal yeah. Enforcers gun in, in 19, was that, 1994, whenever it was, 93. Joe Lieberman. Joe Mental. So it's always about let's scapegoat something, whether it's uh, in the 50s, it was comic books because one crazy person, they found a stock of the horror comic books when he killed someone. Yep. Let's just scapegoat whatever we want. They created the Congress Code Authority because that's a direct, direct correlation to the video games in the 90s was comic books in the 50s. Like direct, I mean directly, the same exact thing happened yep. uh, with that. And yeah, yes, and there are nuts that are going to be set off by something, no matter what. No matter what it is, you're going to have a nut out there that you can't control because we have people are not uh, robots, and there's so many things that interact in our brain, our chemistry, and our upbringing, and just genetics that, you know, putting a tax on something, it's not going to, first of all, it's not going to curtail anyone from buying it. No. First off, it's like cigarettes. You, you tax cigarettes 150%, people still want to kill themselves by smoking cigarettes. You're not going to stop human behavior. You're going to tax uh, or try to get rid of, put a tax on uh, soft drinks in New York City or or get rid of the bigger containers. People still want to drink whatever they're going to drink, right? Yeah. So what does this do? This gives you rah-rah points for actually not doing anything of substance. Yeah, it placates your idiotic base. Or maybe your base knows that this is bullshit. I don't know. It probably is half one, right. six one, half dozen the other. It just makes it look like you're doing you're something, doing something. When you're not doing anything. You're doing something. Hey, we're collecting money to uh, make schools safer. But how? How? Uh, one door. 
Put rocks in classrooms. That was yeah. the one guy a bucket said. Of, bucket of a rocks. bucket of rocks. A bucket of fucking rocks. And then there really was the argument that there was too many doors. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. I'm not telling you how to run your state house or, or run Pennsylvania. I am. Uh, but uh, this ain't it. This Me and Obama to go. coming for your guns. Um, not your games. You're going to put this money into a slush fund and nothing will be gun- done and absolutely... Uh, this this amount this percentage of school shootings will will go down because of a law like this zero yes. percent. Pat's Pat's holding out a circular zero with his with this. Yes. All right, people are dumb. I don't think violent. If you want to think about, it, I don't think games are any more violent than what they've been. No, they haven't been. If the mo- the most popular video game, you're shooting guns and stuff. I would even call it overtly violent. Fortnite. You know, mm-hmm. like. There should be, but it's not like uh, guts are getting ripped out. Yeah, they disappear. Know? It's like it's like the sanitized version of, of, of first-person shooters. Yeah, we're all in colored outfits and and masks, and we're on a magic school bus flying around. It's like it's it's not even violent anymore at that point. Yeah, you get you get shot with a gun, but no one really it's, dies. It's like it's like a, yeah, it's, it's like you're playing a game of Nerf. You, you know, you couldn't even yeah. know the differences. It's not even realistic. They could call it that, and people would still play. I was going to... Nerf? Yeah, there's Nerf. They said the, they not the, dying. The, the whole point is, is that, that that you cannot you cannot make that case anymore, that all, all the most popular video games are violent. Yes, you still have the Mortal Kombat things where Baraka's chewing on a brain, and I'll, and I'll get called an old man for thinking that's a little over the top and stupid. But but that's not what most people are playing nowadays. It just isn't. Right. So anyway. All right. Yeah, stupid. Stupid, 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 stupid. Okay. So, um, I got a story. Tales from the Tales game from store. The yeah. game I'll put an echo on yeah. that. I mean, <laughs> or Kieran I can't. Either. Like every week's not going to be a, a, a gem, but uh, I had a guy come in um, towards the end of the day at like six o'clock uh, in La Mesa, and he comes in and he's got a skateboard and he's got one of those massive. Like, I am recently homeless backpacks. Um, What's an I'm recently homeless backpack? One of those huge backpacks. That oh, has, like the rucksacks that to go has, camping? Like, yeah, that has, like, everything. You can hold, it. like, 100 pounds in it. Right. So he comes okay. in, and he's like, hey, uh, you guys, you know, he's, he's off. This guy's off. Like, like meth. Didn't do too much meth. Did, like, uh... You know, he was trying to do some social meth, I think. So is there there's social, social meth? meth? I think I think he was going after some I think he moderate just, use. I think he did a social amount of meth before coming into the fucking store. Um and so he's like a little off, but you know, he's 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 got these questions and he's like, So I, I yeah, can I I need to sell some stuff and I'm like, Let me let me see what you have. So over in the corner he opens his bag, his fucking bag of that contains the world, his Santa sack. And Goes through and grabs all these games. He's like, you, you guys buy, like, I got some good PS3 games. And I'm like, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> so he puts them on the counter. And they're, like, I mean, they're just shot to shit. Which is what I was expecting. What, what, what condition? What does that mean? Oh, scratched. Uh, okay. You know, top scratches on the paint. Scratches on the bottom. Uh, I mean, they were they were a mess. Even he picked up, like, after I looked at one, he picked one up. And he's like, oh, oh these are too scratched. Like he even knew, yeah, he even knew, <laughs> and it made me think. Uh, he boy, found them, yeah, I found them or stole them. <laughs> so I don't know, but anyways, I'm like, I can't, I can't take this. So 
he keeps asking, like, and then he afterwards he just keeps asking, what about, what about this memory card? What about, you know, this controller? And I'm like, dude, I can't, I don't, I'm not taking mm. any of this stuff. So the conversation's going fine. So anyways, he goes to leave and he's like, he sees the free bin. And he goes, oh, free? I'm like, mm-hmm, all of it? Yes. And he, like, starts rooting around. Now, there was a uh, rock band drum set in there. Okay. And uh, a couple other things in there. I don't remember what else. I just know the rock band drum set was the big one. So he's looking at it, and I can tell that he's thinking, well, okay, this is free. Maybe I can take this and make money elsewhere. Sure. I don't give a shit what he does with it. If it's free, have fun. So he's like, oh, cool, so I can I can take this stuff. And I'm like, yeah, just take it out of the bin. So I'm helping someone else, and then I look... And I realized that the whole bin's gone. Everything's gone. Like, okay, how, how much stuff was in the bin? I mean, it was it was a. I mean, it was a it was a full milk crate. Like, okay, like this. I mean, it was full stuff. But you know, it says free bin. You know, no one else has ever tried to take the bin before. So I I, I, I look and it's just everything is gone. The bin, everything, it's just gone. What else was there? Uh, it was just it was like I said. I don't remember what else was in there, but it's usually. Cases for portable systems. Okay. Um, it's usually cases for portable systems. The little systems. zip ones, zipper ones? Yeah. Okay. Uh, usually, like, uh, like chargers for, like, Wii remotes and stuff like okay. that. Uh, you, you know, it's usually... Uh, Giveaway items from, like, a collector set? Yeah. Like, it's just... Yeah, exactly. Like a little statue or yeah, something? Yeah, like little statues and stuff like that. Those are things that we put in the free bin. So I don't know exactly what was in there. I just remember seeing the big, the big drum set. So I'm like, oh, man, he took the bin <laughs> he, the he took bin. he took the bin i was like you know i mean it's not a huge deal but i'm like we've used that bin for ever it's like, it's like take a penny leave a penny almost yeah <laughs> you, you <laughs> like someone to take all the pennies right he looks like someone to take the actual bin oh of... he took the actual no, bin yeah he took the actual he ganked bin. the bin yeah he picked up that's not part of the freebie <laughs> no no that's what i'm getting at the the bin is not free the stuff in the bin is free, but everything was gone. Like, I look, everything was gone. The bin was just gone. He must have picked it up and walked out the store with it. So Free bin. He thought the bin was free. So, you gotta be, it's another loophole. So I'm helping the guy, and I'm like, oh, man. I was like, he took, well, that's not what I meant, but all right, whatever. So, you know, the customer laughs. I bring him up, whatever. He leaves. So it's about quarter to eight. And I hear, you know, the step on the, the metal, basically. Like, you can always hear when someone's coming over sure. there. So I look up, and it's the dude. Okay. And he's like, oh, just returning your bin. Thanks a lot, man. And puts the bin down on the ground. And he's like, have a good night. And turns around and walks out. And it was just the strangest thing. Because, like, I, I just... He knew it was wrong to take the, the actual plastic bin. <laughs> so, <laughs> he knew that was over the line. It was just, like, like, I mean, I, did, what, did you, did, what did you say to him? I, I was like, thanks. <laughs> you didn't say, what the fuck? Why no, did you I, take just, I was just like, thanks. Because, because, well, technically, you can't say, why did you take all the free stuff when you don't have a limit on the free no, stuff? No, you can take all the free stuff. That's fine. Take all the free stuff. We don't want it. That's why it's free. But don't take my goddamn bin. <laughs> So so he took it all. Well, what do you think he did with his free stuff? I don't know. I have no idea. So at the swap meet, if you're trying to get money, to trade it for more uh, moderate meth use, usage? Yeah, I, I don't know. He wants to up his meth game from social to... I don't know, to heavy? To, to heavy. Intermediate use? But yeah, so within the span of like two hours, he came, grabbed everything, left with the bin, and then came back and gave me the bin back. And it's just odd because, I don't know, I don't think those games were his. 
Um, and then he was like, he was. They probably I, found them. They're all sure. Messed up yeah. Or, but yeah, I, I mean, it was nice of him. I guess is the thing. It was. It was nice. It was thoughtful. It was thoughtful that he came back. It gave me the bin back. back. The bin back. The because bin back. because if when it left, I was like, well, that's that. We, there was just a misunderstanding here, apparently, and I'm never going to see that bin Free again. bin. Free bin. <laughs> now, to me, it would have been funnier if he dumped all the contents out and just took the bin. Because <laughs> that's something I, that's something you see like, out of like a three studios thing. Oh, yeah. free bin. All free right, bin. what's all this shit? I just want the bin. The yeah. bin's more valuable than the, you know, the rock band drum set on there. How, how old was this guy? 20s, 30s? Mid-20s. Hard yeah. to meth. Meth age is like 25. 40 years. Yeah, yeah, 20. You can tell it was just starting to age him. He's just... Aging. Looking, what? looking just a little bit like a balloon that's losing some air. <laughs> getting just those a little those, withered. Getting those light surface wrinkles, the withering. Yeah. Um, was he dressed okay, or was it? You know, was it definitely social, or is this coming coming a lifestyle? He was, he was dressed okay, and he you always got to look at someone's shoes. That's how you tell. And, and he didn't. Um, I could tell that there would probably be an odor problem within a a day or two, but at that point he was he was holding it down. Okay. All right. So, hey, by the way, you're not clean shaven this week. No. And when I say by the way, it's, I'm not associating your look with meth. But <laughs> you were clean shaven last week, and now you're not. You tried it for a week. Yeah. I mean, I, every time I do it, I don't like it. So you, you look very, very baby faced. Oh, yeah. I, like, I miss it. Remember the first podcast when you had the Prince Valiant look? It was yeah. great. Yeah. That was when I was growing the hair out. That was fantastic. I miss those days. I had the same well, bushy hair. I, going on okay well Ian, thanks for uh tales from the tales game store from the game yeah. store store, store. store. Echo. echo 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 all right uh ian we have a we have a patreon you go to you go to patreon.com slash cu podcast and we do stuff there ian's got a writing coming up hopefully today right. today this could have been the story been <laughs> you, could, you could have you could have reminisced on this you gotta spread it out <laughs> spread it out Straight out like the PB and J sandwich, I, yeah. The Warriors. All right, in third place, the Patreon poll we do weekly. In third place, gaming rivalries with friends, family. Seventeen percent. Kind of disappointed by that. Sticking around uh, like a cold sore at twenty six percent. What would the CU podcast look like without Pat? Twenty six percent. And at fifty seven percent, games that cause you to rage. Take it away, Pat. Really? Me first? Okay, what games really caused me to rage? I think the games that uh, caused me to rage were those games that were just difficult enough that you could get through 80% of the game, 9% of the game, but then you hit that wall of difficulty. Sure. That it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. So I'm good enough to get through this game to this point, but now what do I got to be? I got to be the 80s pro gamer? With my with my jacket and the national video game team to get through, <laughs> so like Ninja Gaiden is always the best example. I yeah. I bring it up because I used to rent that. That's game, a good one. Or it's a bar from Kevin. Kevin owned it, or I used to uh, rent it uh, from my local uh, delicatessen. Um, you would get to that last level, sure. So okay, it's kind of smooth sailing. Little you know, you lose a few lives here and there from getting on high. But then you get, get what is that level? What is that level four three? Whatever it is when the guys start flying around and hitting uh, with the stars yeah. out of uh-huh. the air. And I mean, you got to play perfectly at some of those parts, and they keep respawning. That's that's the only issue with Ninja Guy that makes it totally, totally unfair. At some points, is that the respawn? The respawn if you don't move, if you hit that point where the guys just keep coming. Yeah, you keep hitting them, you keep swiping them. So that to me, not even the the, the last guy is even easier than, than some of those parts there. So th- that caused me to rage when I was uh, 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 when I was younger. 
I don't even remember the first time I beat Ninja Gaiden or how I did it, but that must have been like one of those like four hours like marathons where I finally did it, and that contributed to my awful eyesight. That caused me to rage. Top Secret episode mazes ca- ca- uh, caused me to really fucking rage. Well, yeah. Especially when I first got it when I was like you know nine years old, eight years old. I'm playing these games, and it wasn't even like the third. Uh, you know, actually, yeah, it was the third level. The second level, Greece. Uh, you you had the, the, the couple of, of drop downs. Once you got to Rio de Janeiro, the third the third labyrinth, there, holy shit! Or second labyrinth, yeah, second labyrinth. Uh, holy shit! The that is still one of the hardest things. I remember we played on the, mar- yeah, the, the marathon. Yeah, I was gonna say we, we, yeah, we did it on the marathon. You played through the game, and it, it was just one of those things where it was like, what the fuck? Like you needed someone to map it out for you. Yeah, because there's multiple levels, like four levels with different trap doors. Now, when you're an adult, you can sort of better in your head visualize what you already went through the paths but when you're like eight or nine it's harder to wrap your head around something like that and that's right. like an adult game so it's impossible it's impossible to get through uh so that really caused me to rage uh my father used to rage when i used to play him in double dribble because oh. i used to beat him by like you know 40 points and he would throw my controller upstairs when we hooked it up <laughs> we hooked it up to that little Mandavox, uh monitor right there we used to play on that, that survives to this day. Even though my dad threw out the, the front part to it uh, literally a week uh, before I asked him, hey, do you have a little cream-colored front door to the monitor? Said, yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, I, I think I saw it. I threw it out. I didn't know what it was. I've, I, yeah, dad, why do you think we kept it for all these years? It was probably something I couldn't replace. Anyway, sorry. You've told that The same way he threw times. out my Cowboys Patch Kid uh, oh. clothes when I was six years old and cried about it for a week. Sorry, what? What was the name of your Cabbage Patch Kid? Marky Stevens. That's right. Little Marky Stevens. Still have him at home. Good. Got a sock still. All right. He's got, there's not his shoes. He doesn't have shoes anymore. <laughs> just just socks? It's, oh, he has an outfit. Okay. But he doesn't have his original outfit. He has an outfit that my uh, great aunt made for him. Like a cute little overalls, salmon-colored overalls with a little tie. Oh. But all I like his, that. But, but he has his original socks. But no, he doesn't have his shoes. My father threw him out. Fucking Marky Stevens. No shoes. How's he supposed to get a job without shoes? See what you've done to me, Dad? Yeah. Sorry. Anyway. Um, so, moving on from little Marky Stevens. Uh, games that would make me rage. Tend not to play games that make me very angry. However, I love strategy games, and strategy games always make me rage. Turn-based strategy games. Really? I, I, I love them. Well, because it's relaxing until I get to the end point where I lose. And then you realize, like, strategy games take a long time, like tactics RPGs. So if I lose at the end of, like, a level, it's an hour and 15 minutes gone. You can't save it in between. Right, right. It's, okay. yeah, there's, you know, a lot of them, like, uh, Advance Wars games or, you know, stuff like that. Oh, one of those, okay. Yeah, sure. like, those strategy games, I love them, and I play Military them. strategy, military madness yep. sort of thing. And I've been playing, uh, I've been playing Wargroove lately on uh, the Switch, which is fantastic. Um, you know, it's like a... It's it's a spiritual successor to Advance Wars, but sure. it's fun. And then I lose, and it's like it's going to take me an hour and well a half to get back to you know this point, so I can. But that's try how again. war is, and you can't have safe states. It is. Every other I'm just saying move. it's not it's not it's not, it's not a, fun. It's not a problem with the game. Uh, it's just or the genre. It's it's fine. It's just uh, that's that's what. That's what ruins that, that, me. That's your worst one, really. Is those um, actually though? It's not so much strategy. games. It's it's a mechanic. Uh, it will make me, um, it really makes me angry. Um, any game, a lot of mobile games do this, a lot of download games do this. Any game that ranks your success on a level with three stars. Where it's like, where you progress 
so if you did it quicker, the quickest, it was like three stars. Right. Or quickest two, and perfect or, or is the, three stars, you know, completed. You don't like that? Is two. You yeah. Don't, you don't think judged while you play? There's, there's not a lot of room there. And it's like, it, it's not really judging you on anything. It's just this, these set conditions. And I hate collecting fucking stars to unlock more shit. It ruins games for You're me. You're like chasing things and. Right. Cool. I just want to fucking play. If I beat the level, let me go on to the next level. If I beat all the levels, but then you tell me I need 15 more stars to continue, that's not fun to me. That's anger-inducing. I don't want to go back. You'd rather it stop you before you get to the end. Just figure out or a better you. way to fucking structure or, shit. Or tell you how many stars right. you need or before let me, you get let to let the end. Right, exactly. It's, uh, for instance, one game uh, that I've been playing lately right. is, is Horizon, uh, Horizon Chase. It's a uh, it's a like old school style uh, arcade racing game, and each level you can get up to th- like a certain number of stars. It's not three, luckily, but I beat all the levels. I've come in first place on all of them, but I didn't do enough perfect runs, so I can't continue on. Fuck it. No, you know what? I'm gonna rage again. All right. I'm gonna rage again. Um, not knowing the game's unbeatable, an older. Oh, us, arcade games? Older, no, older point-clicking. Point, oh. Uh, click oh, and point yeah, adventures. yeah, yeah. Fuck you, Return to Zork. So many of them did it. Sierra was the worst about it. Oh, the King's Quest ones were bad. Space Quest didn't really do that as much. It but, did, but, but I mean, but not, King's not as Quest, bad. Yeah. King's Quest was bad, from what I remember. I didn't play a, I only played a couple of King's, King's Quest, Quest 5 games. has the one that I always remember where... The mouse uh, one. Uh, I was Some, something with the pie. mouse. Oh, the pie too. There's yeah. So okay. So there's a pie that you can get and you can immediately throw it in someone's face if yes. you want to, but it ruins the game for you like two hours later. Yeah. So so in in the in the, in the point and click games, uh, they're made for adults, uh, but they weren't like other later point and click games where it wouldn't allow you to do certain stuff, or if it did, it would reverse it for you. Lucas you know? pretty early on, not immediately. Lucas Arts got rid pretty of that. early on made made unwinnable uh, scenarios. Got rid of them. They eliminated. Yeah, they just said you got to do specific things in order to move on point A to point B. Yeah. And they're not like Fatal Innocent, like Sand and Max. Yeah, I'd rather like I'd rather be stuck in a spot forever than... versus do something wrong, um, have too much freedom, and you're fucked. Right. Return the Zork was was the worst uh, that I remember playing about that. They, I think sometimes they would give you a message that oh the path the path to victory is now blocked, but half the time you didn't know why. Right. Because you would have stuff in your inventory, and then. Like, you had to do something in a certain amount of time in the inventory. If you didn't, you were fucked. Zork, it's the plant, right? Return the, to Zork. Not just the plant. There's other things. No, I know, but that's, that was the, the, big that's, one. that's the one that I always And remember. the very first part of Return to Zork, you have the choice of pulling the plant out or digging it out. Yeah. And if you don't dig it out, you're fucked. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Because it damages, like, the nerve structure it. or something. Then, then like, there's, the, like, the there's, like, there's, like, meat you get later on from, from like, the slaughterhouse or something. And you, and you can go, if it goes rotten within a certain amount of turns, uh, you yeah. lose. Yep. There's shit like that that I fucking hate. Just can't stand it. Yeah, adventure and games... And that's not it, though. There's more I'm probably forgetting. Adventure games with time limits. Oh, no. Turn, uh, turn limits. I couldn't and, stand but that. But that goes back to, like, the original just text ones where you had a certain amount of time to get out of, like, a weird, like, a location. Yeah. Find a way out. Or the ogre eats you at night or whatever. I get that, but when it's visual, when you have a lot more options with an inventory, it's just... Oh, I I just didn't like that. Yeah, ICOM the ICOM games had time limits that were reasonable, I guess. They're reasonable. Uh, ICOM would be like the um, uh, Shadowgate, Uninvited, and Deja Vu. With the torches and things like yeah, that. Okay, right. They they were kind of especially with like the torches. It was put in more organically, I suppose. But yeah, like 
once actual point and click ones where you could kind of go yeah that was awful with the time limits i couldn't stand that man you don't, you don't want to uh man you don't want to toss out a game genre like that the same way my dad tossed out my marky stevens clothes you know what the worst part about that was Ian? i don't know pat the worst part about that ian was i had a i, I actually built a cute little bed for him to sleep in I cut out a cardboard box. Oh yeah, I, know. I put a little a little pillow in there for I know him. A lot about a blanket. Stevens. And he 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 was in the back rec room. Mm-hmm. And my father claims to this day that I gave him permission to throw out all of his not just his bed where he lived basically his room, Marky Stevens' room. He said I gave him permission somehow at six years old implicitly to throw out the clothes at six years old. That would not stand up in a court of fucking law that a six year old can make a decision to throw out uh, basically my adopted son. Because he, he had, I have the adoption paper still. My adopted son's clothes. Why would you throw out the clothes? I don't know, Ian. Why? Ask my dad about why that next you, time he comes out. Why would you throw out the clothes but not the doll? I, I would have murdered him as a six-year-old throughout the doll, first of all. <laughs> sure. But why would you throw out the shoes? You, socks are not enough in New Jersey's cold winters to keep Marky Stevens' feet warm. Why would you throw out those nice plastic shoes? I'm going to eBay and I'm buying the shoes. I'm buying the shoes for him. I'm going to find him. He's, 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 he's back home. He's back home in, in my parents' place. Panhandling. I got, I got, to, I got to rescue him. I got yeah. to rescue Marky Stevens. I'm going to get Marky Stevens. I'm going to go home. He's going to be in the podcast. He's going to sit right behind me. I'm sorry, Marky Stevens, for abandoning you in your time of need. Sorry. So we've got this Q&A. Reader Q&A. Yeah, sorry. Listener Q&A. Sorry. I was at, I'm sorry about that. This one's from, uh, well, Pat, you, I guess, you know, Pat reads. <laughs> This is from Matt Brian Lapitan, two L's. Uh, I would like to discuss, I would like a discussion about replaying games. You, you would, Brian. Do you do it much? How often in your most replayed games? Games are much bigger now, and many of them may not lend themselves to future replayability. Your thoughts? Um, so actually, I, I replay a lot of games. And lately, I've... Uh, Playing some, uh, some Nintendo games, I know. <clears throat> yeah, uh, some... Uh, some um, uh, Black Bass is the one I'm playing right now. Black Bass and Blue Marlin. Sure. Um, but anyways, so I do replay games. Um, I think about replaying games more than I actually do replay them. But uh, this question is well-timed because I've recently started playing Killer7 again on the GameCube and um, Valkyrie Profile on the PlayStation. Um, both games that I've played before um, and replayed before and will probably keep replaying. It's always interesting to me every time I do just to see... Because I'm always interested in how they're going to hold up. I don't replay them enough to... It's not like I replay them every year. I replay them every few years. So I'm always interested to see if I'm still going to enjoy them as much as I did. Um, Valkyrie Profile holds up incredibly well. And Killer7 does too. Because the gameplay in Killer7 was always kind of an afterthought to the weird story. Um, As far as games that I've replayed the most... Uh, DuckTales and probably Jet Set Radio on the Dreamcast. I think I... How long does it take to play through Jet Set? Yeah. Uh, a few hours. Say anywhere from... Say anywhere from three to five hours. Okay. And I've probably played through that about 15 times. I've played that 15? Game. i played that game a lot. Once a year? Once every year and a half? I, I, well, so I... It was one... I imported it for the Dreamcast, beat it twice, bought the US version, beat that a bunch of times... Um, went back to the Japanese version because I liked it uh, better than the U.S. version. I didn't like the additional levels; they were super buggy in the U.S. version. And then uh, I've bought it on multiple platforms since and replayed it you know, probably upwards of ten to fifteen times. Very nice. Yeah. What about you? Uh, 
Well, I, 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 I'm not trying to pump up the, the uh, Kickstarter, but I replay ActRaiser every probably couple of years. Mm-hmm. That's one of my all-time favorite games. And I just recently replayed it a few days ago. And I always pick up something different when I replay it, something, something I, I missed before. Um, and it's the same process. It's, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty linear. It's not, I'm not going to find anything different. You can, you can, sure. you can develop the towns in different orders slightly if you want and go back and forth, but you're going to, you're going to reach the same spot no matter what. It's just a beautiful game. It's, it's like a journey. Yeah. Uh, playing that game. Um, uh, I mean, the civilization count whenever I go back to civilization. Is that I even, mean, I play civil. I, I mean, does that even count? Cause that's like a different game every time. Really? Right. Do you even count games like that. It's kind of endless. I mean, that's the whole thing. I mean, I lost the whole summer to playing Civilization. So, yeah, I, re- I used to replay Civilization a lot. Uh, uh, in terms of, like, action games or platformers, I don't revisit a huge amount. I mean, I'm just thinking about, you know, I, I, think, I think about games we replay all the time for the, for, the, for, the, for the charity marathon. Games like Contra, you come back to because that's quick. You beat, beat Contra, like, in 20 minutes if you're, if you're good. You know, uh, games like that. Contra's like my DuckTales. Ian's DuckTales is is my Contra, uh, so to speak. Uh, Games that Ninja Gaiden, uh, every once in a while, you you get back into that, it's easy. The the games you want to get back into are ones that you can get into a rhythm, I think, and play. And it's like, oh, like you and DuckTales playing Ninja Gaiden, you can just roll through most of the game. Or or like I said, Contra, you you can just get through most of it. Um, I'll replay Legend of Zelda, I want to say like once every four to five years. I'll do a Legend of Zelda because that you can get through the whole game in like what two and a half hours if you're pretty good. Get through it. So I, I don't know. I beat, I beat it, but I honestly I, I've never done it enough uh, to tell you how two and long a half to three take. hours if you if you go at a decent pace, but not like you're not speed running it. Sure, and know where, where to go. I, I, probably a little bit less than that, you know. And I'm pretty I'm pretty skilled at Legend of Zelda. I, I kind of know what I'm doing. So uh, those are ones I, I tend to replay. Um, yeah. That aren't like you know. I'm not talking like ar- arcade games. You go back into the arcades. You know, that's different because arcade games you sort of play what what's in front of you, what's there, if that makes sense. It's sort of like the comfort uh, food when you're in an arcade. Uh, yeah, those are the games I, I go back and uh, replay a lot. Um, Got to replay a lot of Unreal Tournament because it's not a new one. Uh, yeah, I have to mention that again. Update four thousand three hundred forty nine dollars. Oh, on what, Ian? Would that be on a certain Super Nintendo book Kickstarter at ultimatesnes.com? Correct. Thanks, Ian. You're welcome. All right. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I ask, do you think with Disney Plus and Apple streaming services coming soon, there will be a streaming bubble that will pop due to an oversaturated market and everyone will run back to cable? That's from at Weebs Are Cool. <laughs> Weebs are cool. All right. Weebs Are Cool. <laughs> um, so will people run back to cable? No. I don't think people will ever run back to cable. No matter how this plays out if there's if we're subscribed to 20 different services at ten dollars a piece it would still be better than cable i think it still will be this is why because it's easier to get out of these streaming services than cable customer service less shit goes down where they gotta come out i had a guy look at my cable was fine the first year i was here randomly it stopped connecting to the box the guy had to come out just for that it took three and a half days to come out so i basically had intermittent tv for three and a half days when was this was this after the rain uh, it was before the heavy, heavy rain. It was after like a couple of days. Oh, okay. But I, I, I don't think it had anything to do with the rain. He said, oh, no, the line coming to the house just was not good. And the, he said the last person that installed it did something wrong. I was like, oh, okay. That, I hear that a lot. I was like, okay. Whenever I've had problems, I think I had... Um... And I believed him because he was straightforward. He was only yeah. here for like a half hour and he got it done. But That happened a lot when I had AT&T. 
But I don't like cable companies because they screw you and they, they have monopolies. Uh, I don't know if they have monopolies in New Jersey do, though, but they, they did. They, they, they're underhanded. They're sneaky. They overcharge. And they're not needed. They're middlemen. And that's what streaming has showed us. They are middlemen. They don't create any fucking content. They yeah. just put it in front of your face for a hefty fee. And you can't decide what you want to watch. The biggest one used to be uh, when they first started talking about a la carte. This is like the late 90s. They're like, because that's when the cable really expanded. When they said like, oh, we're going to have the golf channel. Yeah. And, and court TV and all this other shit. And my dad's looking at the bill and he's like, well, I don't, we're not going to watch any of these channels. I was like, no, you're right. But you don't have a choice. They give you, oh, we'll give you the, the shitty option with 10 channels, the intermediate one with 50, or the one with that's HBO and Showtime. Like, those are your options. Right. And you never had all the channels you wanted in the. the no, in they the did small. it where it's like, well, you, you get almost all the channels in this one, but you got to get the, the full one. But if you want, like, you know, the three channels you'll actually watch, like Food TV and, yeah. I don't know, Dick McMuffins, then it's. I, you need to get the very expensive package. I watch. If you want to. If you put a gun to my head, in the average week, I probably do not watch more than nine different TV channels in a week. ESPN, ESPN2, probably. Um, I'll watch. We'll, we'll just make an argument. I'll watch one of two channels to watch maybe NBA, like, or something like NBC or TNT. That's like four. Um, maybe some network thing that came on. Uh, USA. For Monday Night Raw or the, or the SVU marathon they had or, or Suits, what is that, seven or six? Uh, I'm already starting to run out. I'm literally starting to run out. Of I glazed over as soon as you started talking about TV channels. Wherever like, Forensic Files is, I fall asleep too. Yep. What is that, True TV? Uh, what what used to be Core TV? It's everywhere. I watched like eight channels in a week. And cable charges you for 180 that you don't watch. So no, I think we're going to get to, I will, I think we'll get to the point where people will start spending $100 per month on streaming service. I do see that. I do. People will start buying ESPN uh, to, and watch that, and they'll have HBO and or Showtime. I do miss not having Showtime. Or excuse me, HBO, I, I miss. Uh, I'll get it back for Curb, for, for sure, HBO, uh, when it comes back. Uh, yeah, I, right now I just have uh, Netflix, Amazon Prime, I don't count because that's really a shipping thing and, f- you know, free shipping. Uh, and Hulu, that's what I have mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. What, about, what about you, Ian? What do you think? Uh, just the other day, I was actually talking to someone and saying, Jesus Christ, this makes me just want to get cable again. Well, what do you have right now? I have Hulu, Amazon Prime, uh, Netflix? Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime, Funimation. Funimation? Yeah. So you have, four, what is that, 40 bucks a month? Whereabouts. I don't even, you can't even count Amazon, though, because that's like, that's almost like a, a throw-on extra. I don't even want, if it wasn't for Unsolved Mysteries, I wouldn't even watch it Amazon Prime as much as I've been watching. <laughs> oh, you know what episode was on? I, I watched yesterday, it was on. The Alcatraz episode. I watched it when I was a kid. I was oh, fascinated by it's that. It's a good one. That's when they hired. They actually hired a swimmer to see if he yep. get across the bay. Spoilers: He couldn't nope. get across the. Uh, and that was a professional swimmer. Yep. And then they built the raft that the, that the three guys yep. built. Uh-huh. And that no, nothing nope. doing there either. So they never found the bodies of those three guys. But it be, would be hard pressed for them to made that trip. But they never found the bodies ever in the bay. You would think they would have washed up somewhere. So I think Ian. Update. They got the word out to a to a boat out there. They they swam out to a boat that got them. That would yeah. make sense to me. Sure. They got the word out. Hey, we're going to do it this date. You know, a boat was there, or they said it isn't the dates we're going to be there. One of these days, few days, there was a boat waiting for them, like halfway through. That would, that would make the most sense. Yeah, to me. Love that. I love that shit. I love that Alcatraz thing. Ingenious. And the Clint Eastwood movies are not bad. They they, they you know they they run through what they did mm-hmm. for for action plus it's Clint Eastwood. Right. So, so go watch the Clint Eastwood movie at least. Came out like in the late sixties. Uh, there. Okay. Uh, last Q&A, Ian. 
This is from Jack K. White II at GJackX. Uh, arcade games or console games? Either apply here. When you are reminded of certain ones, which ones bring back the nostalgic feels, like take you back to where you were, who you were oh, with, man. give you literal goosebumps? Pat it- and Rolling Thunder? What's 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 great about arcade games is that you usually remember where you where you first were where you played them. They had, there was just a feeling like when you saw an arcade or a game, it's sort of tied to the environment. At least in my head, sure. So that's why I get the most nostalgic for arcade games, like more than console. Con- console is like, yeah, I remember the first time I played Atari Warriors. I was disappointed on Christmas playing it, you know, after Super Mario Bros. You know, like you kind of remember that. But for an arcade game, like I can tell you, the first time I played APB. Okay. Was that the, the Perth Amboy uh, Cineplex, uh, right next to when they used to have the um, Razzmatazz? Remember Razzmatazz? No. Razzmatazz was like the regional sort of like uh, Ch- Chuck E. Cheese. They had the, they had the animatronic band. Ah, uh, yes. We had Major Magics. Same sort of thing. You know, there's people that now uh, take the old Razzmatazz oh, and they restore them to get them back to where they were. It's awesome that yep. someone's doing that. Anyway, so the Perth Amboy like uh, multiplex that was at a time where. Most movie theaters, God, if you're young, now I sound old. Most movie theaters 25 years ago were like two screens, maybe three. Mm. It wasn't until like the mid to late 90s you had, uh, first there were Sony theaters, then they became Lowe's. You know, then you had these huge destination sites that had like 20 screens where you could see every single movie. It wasn't like that. No. Very few places like that. But the Perth Amboy one was like, oh my God, there's like 15 different movies. They had them. You know, this is not even an LED screen. They would put the letters up. A guy would go on a ladder and put the yeah. letters up. And you would see every single movie and the times they were playing. So it was a, a, like a, a um, multi-leveled place. It was... So the arcade at Perth Amboy wasn't like all together. It was spread out ab- above the whole floor. And on the wings is where you had the theaters. So I remember specifically like walking over. My dad gave me five... We get there an hour early. My dad gave me... Uh, you three, four bucks in quarter, sometimes five if he was feeling nice because he threw away my Marky Stevens clothes. And he, I would play APB. I remember where it was. I remember playing POW. I remember specifically those were the first times I played was that Amboy uh, Cinema. I remember playing Rolling Thunder at, at the bowling alley. I know it was right next to the Road Blasters machine. I remember these things. I remember them being there and getting my ass kicked. I probably, when I was like, you know, eight years old, I probably couldn't get past the first level of Rolling Thunder. Probably couldn't. Or got close and got killed, you know. Uh, I remember playing Spy Hunter at uh, at Spaceport at Woodward Center in the Dungey Arcade. It went all the way back. It was an arcade, you know. Tony Dungey or Dingy? <laughs> but it was one of those, like, you know, sort of, I think Spaceport was sort of like the other spacey uh, arcade. They were, they were chains, kind of. Yeah. The Spy Hunter uh, cockpit version was at the very back. My dad let me there by myself, even though he shouldn't. There were some nefarious people around in 1985 at the arcade. But I remember sitting down and playing it. Like, you remember these sights and sounds. I remember my dad playing Operation Wolf, you know, seeing him, you know, shoot the Uzi and things. So I, all of these remind me of something. This is, and this is part of nostalgia. You go back to in time feeling where you were at a certain time period. You sort of had that, that feeling of when you first played it, which is it's like a drug almost. You get that serotonin injection about, oh, I remember being happy, innocent, plucking in quarters and in the machine, you know. So that that to me is more in console. It's always going to be arcade games for me. Like those, those are the feelings I have because they're usually tied to other experiences. You're out of the house. You're at, at the mall. You're at the, you're at the bowling alley. You know, usually kids party things like that. Yeah, I agree. Um, for me, uh, I, I there are two arcade games that, well, 
the Star Wars arcade game, um, specifically the sit-down cab, will always... Uh, Where was that for you? you uh, it was a place called Fun... It was an arcade called Fun and Games in the Eastern Hills Mall. Okay. And uh, when I'd go out and run errands with my dad, that was one that we, when I was young, like a kid, like four, five, six, that was one. That was the mall he would regularly go to. And uh, I remember being like, one of my earliest memories with games, period. But I remember my dad taking me to that arcade and uh, we'd always play a couple rounds of that. I'd sit in his lap and basically put my hands on the controller and he would play the game. So, I mean, that's one of the first games I remember playing and I'll never not think of that arcade when I see it. And another one is actually, um, because of the same arcade and because of the same stuff, uh, Duck Hunt. They had a Duck Hunt cap there. They had the versus the Duck Hunt. Yep, with the big ass gun, the heavy with ass the, gun. Yeah, with the huge heavy gun. Because oh, right. I specifically remember my dad being like, "Go ahead, shoot the duck," and like not being able to. It was too heavy for Ian's little hand. Yeah, I mean, it was a fucking. <laughs> he- it was a heavy fucking gun. It was a, it was a cannon, hand cannon. So I agree. Arcade games, you know, where you played them and where you were, the, the surrounding tends to get cemented in your head more. So the than sounds console. and I, I can remember how dark it was in the room, like in in, in Spaceport. It, at what we're talking, I remember how how it felt, and I think it's it, it's funny too because of arcades. Um, I don't know about you, but it's easy to get like certain games. Um, it's easy to like link certain games memory wise. Like I can't mm-hmm. think of Mortal Kombat two without thinking of um, uh, teed off the pinball machine because okay. where I would always go with my friends so they would play Mortal Kombat two was directly next to a teed off pinball machine and the fucking gopher would chatter. So, oh, so, you always so just... I always remember that, um, you know, X-Men arcade, I always kind of think about with um, Mortal Kombat 1 because I played both of those for the first time at a, at a birthday party, you know, something along those lines. My Mortal Kombat 1 was at a drugstore. God, it was like a, I think it was like a CVS. Some of the CVSs, even like they'd have arcade machines in. I, th- I think it was, yeah, I don't think, I think, I don't think it was a mom and pop. In the back corner, like towards like to the left, was like going to like the warehouse section, like mm-hmm. like the back room. They had NBA Jam next to Mortal Kombat, and that was the first time I played. Definitely the first time I played NBA Jam was there. But that was the first time I ever saw it. So I'd go over to my cousins. We go over and we play that like oh, every other weekend. We would just sit there for a couple hours and play a few games of NBA Jam. So that's like yeah, it's like ninety three. Um, yeah, I can tell you probably most arcade games. I can tell you exactly where I was the first time I played them. Commando was at the Weber Center. Uh, uh, more, uh, as well. I got my ass as Commando as a kid, but to me that sort of stood out. I'm not sure why. I guess I like G.I. Joe, so it had sure. the, the cool cabinet. It was the camouflage, and that's probably the reason why it was my first uh, PC game my dad bought. Because I got my ass <laughs> I couldn't get past oh, the first level as a kid. That was the, fir- the first time I ever played Commando was, uh, was the... was the Tandy version. I'm pretty sure the Tandy version. That's probably better than the XT. The Commodore one had really good music. I'm trying to, but remember. the XT one didn't. Yeah, and I'm getting the feels for uh, you know for for, for, for getting getting an arcade together somewhere, you know, because uh, it's yeah. There's something about arcades that that's probably the reason why arcades have come back strong, is that people want the communal feeling of being around the other games too. It's like it's like they're, they're it's like a party. The games are friends hanging out together, right? No, is that kind of weird? I don't know. <laughs> right. Thanks for the the Q and A, of course, as always. Um, all right, any other thing? Anything else going on, Ian? Nah. Oh, Kickstarter four three four nine right now. All right, so uh, check out the Kickstarter for a certain Super Nintendo guidebook. It's going to be released early summer at ultimatesnes.com. Oh, it just went up four hundred dollars. Ooh, that's cool. It's, it does real time now. 
updates. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. And then uh, Ian and I will be at Soul Calibur Gaming Expo February 23rd and 24th. Sure will. Use code CUPODCAST to save on tickets at the website. Uh, we'll, I, think do, I think we're doing a panel on Saturday. And then uh, NES Marathon, we're looking at March 9th and 10th. Uh, a firm announcement will be made hopefully by the weekend or early next week, and that'll give us a full three weeks to prepare. Prepare. Ooh. I am starving. Man. This yeah. has been a fun see you podcast. Getting pretty hungry, too. I don't yeah. know how long we recorded for. Going to go home and eat. Well, we got we to gotta do a little OBS test up first. We're going to do that, too. So, <laughs> hang with us. If you're listening to this, you missed our, our live stream uh, tryout on Twitch real quick. All right. That's Ian Ferguson. I'm here. I'm Pat Contra. I was Pat. I was there. Marky Stevens. He's hanging out without a bed. See you later. <laughs>